You're listening to the Coach's Journey Podcast. Exposing the struggles and celebrating the successes in the life of coaches who are action takers and creating authentic impact in today's world. Whether you're just starting out, expanding your reach, or exploding your impact, you're in the right place right now. Stay tuned and be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Now, here are your hosts of the Coach's Journey Podcast. All right. What's up, Coaches Nation? Excited to see you again this week. This is Dr. Sherry Flewellen with our co-host Faisal Ansan, and we have an amazing guest for you today, Jens Nielsen. So his background is actually in real estate as an investor, although he's got a pretty substantial background even before that. Uh, but right before he jumped into the coaching space, he um, has been working in, in real estate as a consultant. And so he's going to share with you some information about his journey and how he's harnessed his experience and his influence as a consultant into his coaching practice. Because, you know, we all have networks, we all have skill sets, we all have experiences. And, and I think most of us have prior lives you know, quote unquote lives prior, you know, careers and stuff like that. And so it's, so it's like, how, how do you make use of that as you transition into a coach? So we're going to unpack that today with Jens. I'm super excited to hear about this. And so you guys won't want to miss this. Before we jump into all of that, we got a couple things on our agenda, our wins. We always talk about wins at the beginning of our podcast because it is important, in my opinion, our opinion, to start off um, conversations with excitement and enthusiasm and um, talk about the things that are going well. So because you are an honored guest today, Jens, what are some wins that you've had this week in whatever domain of life? <laughs> well, thanks, Sarah. I'm super excited about this, this opportunity today. So yeah, recent win. I think I really that that goes out to one of my clients that I've been working with for quite some time in the real estate space that started out investing in small property and the properties and they finally this was actually last Friday. So I guess that still counts for this week because we have Wednesday <laughs> today. They closed their first larger deal, their first syndication deal. And they're super excited. And they, you know, they couldn't believe they had finally gotten to that level, been able to do something. And, you know, just kind of coaching them through that process and giving helping them seeing the possibility and getting the confidence to go out and do something bigger than they had ever tried before. So I think that's the one win I would like to celebrate this week. That's, That's awesome. Good for you, Ian. That must feel really good. Absolutely. Faisal, you're up next. Yeah, my win. Um, well, I'm settling into my new office. Uh, I changed offices. It is a bit chillier <laughs> uh, up here, but it, it feels good. It's it's actually much bigger and I have like a space away from everybody upstairs. <laughs> so it feels more secluded. The kids are not always running towards my door. So that feels good. <laughs> That's a win. And I didn't know you played guitar. I see a little neck sticking out on the so side. That's for me to be motivated. I'm going to look at that until I play it because I've been oh. wanting to do this. I did start uh, a while back, but then I stopped it. So I want to actually get a, somebody to help me uh, move that forward because I've been wanting to do that for a while. So I want to keep that there until I get it done. <laughs> Is this something you want to make a commitment around, Faisal? Oh, my God. I'm around coaches. <laughs> I am this month. That's awesome. So for me, I would say one of my wins actually was another coaching call I had um, this week. And it was uh, with another coach 
through the Coaching Mastery community. So we do beta coaching and um, so we coach each other. And I think there's, there, I find so much value in coaching a coach because <laughs> I don't know, I feel like there's a little bit of stress and anxiety, not like the overwhelming bad kind, but the kind that's enough to where it's like you want to be on your A game. And um, so she had given me feedback that a couple of the questions I asked her were really powerful and really made a shift in her. And so that felt good because, you know, it feels good when a, when a regular client says that, definitely. But when I'm working with somebody that is, yeah, you know, has been doing coaching longer than me and I get some good feedback that just, I don't know, it just, that just boosted me and helped me kind of have a great rest of the day. So that awesome, would be my Sherry. That's great. Yeah. I just love that. That does feel good. Now, speaking of Coaching Mastery Community, they are the sponsor for our podcast. So Faisal, can you unpack a little bit what the Coaching Mastery Community is for the coaches that are listening? Yeah, definitely. And we're all actually members of Coaching Mastery Community here. Um, and what we do in Coaching Mastery is to support coaches to develop their skill sets um, and help them go towards building their business and moving it forward so they can build a profitable, sustainable business, but also coach who actually creates an impact in the world and their clients and the people that they're serving. So that is the mission for Coaching Mastery Community. Awesome. All right. So Jens, here's a big opening question for you. How often do people call you Jens? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. After, after I've been in the U.S. for 25 years, it still happens a lot. <laughs> I might have done that the first time I talked to him. <laughs> totally guilty of it. Fortunately, when I first said your name, it was not to you. So somebody corrected me. <laughs> It happened, yes. Yeah. So, yes. How did you get into the coaching space? I mean, you've got quite an um, quite a, a colorful, not in a bad way, but quite a colorful and accomplished background. So, kind of walk us through that in whatever way makes sense for you. Yeah, I started my career as an IT in IT, well, telecommunication in IT, which I did for 25, 27 years or something like that. So that's obviously not the most logical progression into coaching. Uh, I always liked to teach. I always had a passion for teaching people. I felt like if once I learned something, if I could pass that on and, and teach somebody the skills that I had learned, that was there's some satisfaction in that. A couple of reasons, right? They would enhance their skills. And I also would have to really know that topic in order to convey that you know, in a way to, to whoever was listening. So I did teach a little bit in, in college and stuff and so forth. But I realized, so then when I transitioned into, I got into real estate, I know this is not a real estate podcast, but at some point I realized I wanted to change my career about five or six years ago. And I got into real estate investing, reinvesting apartment complexes. I got into that. And at that time, I had this desire to, as I was learning, I felt like I wanted to start sharing what I was learning to deepen my own knowledge and to you know pass it on to somebody else. So I kept kind of bugging my, I was part of a kind of a coaching mentorship group myself as a client. I kept, kept bugging the guy who was running. I said, Hey, can I start, you know, training? I, I called it, they called it coaching. I realized later on, it wasn't coaching. It was more like consulting and training. Can I become a trainer for you? What do I need to do? Right. It's like, well, you know, 
once you do your first deal, you can do it. It's like, cool. So I did a deal. It's like, can I do it now? Right. So I eventually convinced him or influenced him or persuaded him to let me do the, the coaching, which was, again, it wasn't coaching. It was really just training and a little bit of accountability in there, but not really coaching as we understand coaching. So I did that for, for a couple of, of years and I learned you know, as I was doing it, I, I started picking up a few kind of coaching tricks or the tips here and there, and then started, you know, working with Faisal as my coach. I was like, man, this is so much more powerful. The coaching is so much more powerful than the training and the consulting, because yeah, I can tell somebody what to do all day long, but if they don't truly believe it in their hearts that they can, or their minds or, or that they can actually accomplish it, they may not take that necessary action. And it became very repetitive in the sense like, okay, you said you were going to do X last time we spoke, you haven't done it. What's going on? Oh, well, let's, let's put it on the list to do it next time. And it actually became frustrating for me because if people weren't taking action, it was just like, I felt inadequate in my ability to help people move forward. So as I started, you know, understanding what coaching really was, I was like, wait, here, this is really the way we push people or make them start making those changes in their business and their personal life, in their relationships in all these different areas. So as I got my own coaching and started making those shifts myself, I was like, I need to figure out how to become a coach myself and decided to go down that route of getting, getting certified and really focusing on that. So all the clients I'm working with now, I transitioned them from real estate consulting training to coaching. And it has just been amazing how it has, has shifted people just because they take action, they have better relationships. They, they do think they can actually make this happen versus technical approach to it. So that's how I, that's very quickly how I went into how, how, how I became a coach, I guess. That's awesome. You know, I think that idea of telling people what to do and then like, it's like you're hitting your head against a brick wall because it's nothing's changing. Um, you know, that happens in so many areas of life and so many professions. Uh, so for a period of time for about, I think it was about four or five years um, as a psychologist, I was uh, working with a, uh, a family practice residency and where I was training the physicians on bedside manner, how to recognize mental health, how to do different things. And one of the things I noticed, um, which, you know, if you've ever gone to the doctor before and who hasn't, you know, the doctor's like, I'm giving you a prescription for this, 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 and they're telling us what to do. But so often the, the patients or the clients aren't bought in so that that actually is what they're gonna do. And so, so then, I mean, what's, I feel like that's part of what's wrong with our medical, <laughs> our medical com community is everybody's telling people what to do, but nobody's actually bought into the solution. So um, introducing some of those kind of coaching skills that builds abilities to get people to get excited about a solution and to kind of co-create that um, is a game changer, I think, and no matter what field uh, somebody's in. So I, I love how you recognize that and you shifted. I love uh, Ian's journey. And it's interesting how, um, how he put it that, I mean, he was a consultant for these real estate clients and Jens and I have been collaborating on other things too. And when you actually really look at these um, uh, quote unquote coaching programs for real estate investors, there is a part for consultants where they can help them with technical knowledge around, okay, this is what you need to do to move forward. But much of what most people need is actually coaching. 
because they their life is not just about the professional life they're stuck in so many different ways in their own thoughts and their own emotions and their relationships and the way they look at their purpose and vision and all that stuff that they need a more all-encompassing program to help them kind of make sense of their reality and when you look at it and, and Yins and I have similar clients in fact some of our clients overlap <laughs> watching uh, their growth that much of even when they're going so a lot of my clients are their um, uh, their uh, real estate investors who are transitioning from their full-time job into full-time real estate investment it's a lot of it is identity shift that they're creating. And I know Jens has gone through that journey of identity shift into becoming that entrepreneur, that investor. And that requires quite a bit of digging deeper. That requires quite a bit of restructuring thought patterns, completely changing your identity, vision, so many things. And, and I know it's been for Jens over and over what a couple of things that I've uh, like really loved about how he approaches one that I think the thing that got him into real estate and think he will confirm that is that he loved working with people. He realized that he just wanted we wanted to be around the right people. And then when he started going towards coaching, he realized, holy shoot, this is a much more interesting and exciting way of working with people than oh, just consulting for this. I mean, obviously consulting has its own role and that's something that we need. So I, I, maybe Jens, you can unpack that. Like, how did you, um, and this also goes towards the passion pieces. How did you discover that you wanted to go towards real estate? And then how did that connect with, with coaching? And how are you finding this to be more exciting in a sense? Yeah, I mean, I think real estate really early on, it was really to have more, freedom and ability to impact my financial future in ways that I couldn't see through my, my W2 job. I was an IT person, great income, comfortable life, but I couldn't really see a way out of it except working for another 20 plus years, right? Whatever it is to retirement age. I was like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense. And I'd had that nagging feeling for years, but I hadn't really, I didn't really know what the exit was going to be or, or the transition, everything else just looked like a new job, become a consultant or whatever. And then I discovered real estate. I was like, wait a minute, this is the, the opportunity. And a client said this yesterday, there's not a linear connection between your input and the rewards, quote unquote, that you get. Most jobs, there's a linear, like you work an hour, you get X number of dollars. You work two hours, you get twice as much. Real estate is exponential if you, if you do it right. So I was like, I started to see a glimpse of that. You know, you put a lot of work and effort in, but over time that accelerates and expands much quicker. I know that Sherry, you, you do it yourself as well. So you've seen the same thing. So I started seeing that. So initially, I mean, there, there really was a way, the real estate was really a way for me to start seeing that, that, that new direction, that new path. I didn't really look at it as initially as what it has evolved to like oh, I'll do it for 10 years and then I can retire or whatever then I started getting into it and initially I had a lot of limiting beliefs around I could do it myself I don't need partners and all that and I quickly realized I wasn't going to get me anywhere very quickly so that's where the partnership started coming in and if anybody asks me now what I really love about real estate it's the fact that I get to work with these cool people that have similar aspirations for growing their business for creating something right and it's so different than being you know having been in the corporate world for so many years your co-workers motivation for being there is going to be not necessarily 
the same as yours, or their motivation may be very low. Whereas in the entrepreneurial world, we know that if we don't do this work, nothing is going to happen, right? Where the paycheck is not going to just show up for us just sitting around. Right? So there's a, a motivation, there's an aspiration to do more every day, right? Yeah. And that's really why I felt I really got connected with the real estate. But then I also felt like, okay, but real estate is very technical. It's very like, well, you know, you do these things and you, you know, you do the deals and all that. I felt like, okay, how can I really connect with, how can I pay this forward? How can I help other people grow and, 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 and reach some of those levels that, that I'm aspiring to by challenging them? And they also challenging me because the clients are doing things I wasn't even thinking about. I was like, why? How do they discover that? And how can I learn from them? Right. So it goes yeah. kind of two ways. You know, so I feel like if I can, it's great to do a deal and impact tenants' lives and investors and partners, but that's, that's a big, that's, you know, that takes a lot of work. It's a lot of effort to put a deal together and you, you do a few a year. Every time you do a coaching call, you have the opportunity to change somebody's life, even just a small way, but just a little shift, a little change. And you can do that over and over every week. So there is much, there is a much more direct feedback and input from the coaching. And then the fact I get to work with real estate investors serves a double purpose that I get surrounded by people that are doing things. And then that grows my network and grows the people that uh, I'm connected with and the deals I get access to and everything. Right. So I think that was a long winded answer, but I think that kind of explains where I'm coming from and why that all makes sense to me. One thing I, I noticed that you said, like, 15 minutes ago, which stuck out in my brain. So I kind of want to wrap back to that is you actually wanted to consult um, in real estate before you actually did your first deal. Like, <laughs> where, where did that mindset and that confidence come from? <laughs> I had done a, I'd done a few smaller deals myself. I had, I'd done okay. a few, you know, solo deals and stuff. So I wasn't a complete newbie, but I hadn't done like the bigger, what we call syndications where we take, you know, a 10 or $20 million deal and put that together. I hadn't gone there yet. Okay. Um, where did the confidence come from? I felt like it was a challenge to me that if I were to grow to that next level, I needed a challenge that I could challenge myself every, <clears throat> every day. I, or sorry, every, every call with that client, right? I had to show up and I had to, you know, act as if almost like, hey, I am, I am going to do this. You're going to do this. Together, we're going to do it. So I started creating that, that, that push or the pull or whatever towards that. You know, if I was just talking about, oh, let's do these deals and I wasn't taking action, that would create a, I would not be in congruence with who I wanted to be. So I think it came from that. It really came from, it was a way to really challenge myself in ways yeah. that I couldn't imagine at that time. So in the high performance world, we that's uh, just for those listening, that's called necessity. And in order to be, you know, truly successful um, and successful is whatever you define it as, um, but there's, there needs to be that necessity, either internal, external, internal is the most powerful. So I love, I love Jens, how you created that internal necessity by putting yourself in the position to where you needed to continue to move yourself forward and learn yourself so that you wouldn't feel like you're, you know, having a double standard of like, you know, coaching somebody to a, a, amazing things in real estate while you're not doing amazing things. 
Yeah. That's excellent. And I totally cut you off. I saw you had something <laughs> else amazing to. Yeah. Just one, one thing as, as share, and thank you. Uh, one of the things as, as Jens shared that I've noticed and I really respect and love that about Jens is that he, he tends to want to challenge himself towards mastery. And even in the coaching world, he's, he's trying, he's challenging himself to get better and better in that world. And, and so maybe you can touch on how that has supported you, because I think you've carried that with you in IT and real estate and, and now in coaching. What is the significance of that challenging yourself towards that mastery level? And, and how are you bringing that more and more into coaching? Where did that come from? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Is this a strive for excellence that I think, you know, maybe came from my dad, who was always like tinkering with stuff and improving it and and. and doing making stuff better and I think I carried that along so I saw it in my cycling I saw it in my IT career and then as I went into you know the real estate investing I mean I like to optimize these deals that we have right because focus on what you have improving that versus trying to go and do the next thing and, and letting stuff kind of falter behind you so I pushed that and then also with the coaching again right I mean my I can only take you know, one of the things that we, you and I have talked about by style, you can only take your client as far as you've gone yourself. And I didn't want to hit that wall. I was like, well, sorry, I can't help you anymore. I'm, I'm out. You know, if I can stay up or a little bit ahead of where my clients are going, that's going to continue to help them, them move forward. Right? So I just feel like, you know, there is that opportunity to really see how far we can go and when do we start hitting that limit of our own capability. So that's pretty much what I've tried to practice. So I only do a few things and I try to do them well versus scattering myself across a, a spectrum. I think that's such a powerful lesson for all of us because it's easy to fall into, oh, let me do a bunch of different things, uh, whether it's in business or in anything else that we do. Um, like we, we have this idea of diversify everything, which there is some common sense to that. But if you're not doing something well, if something that you're doing, you're not improving that and you move on to the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing, it, like you're just scattered between different things that you can't do very well in, and things break down over time. One, one of the things I, I learned and, and just, just like you that, that I love is that if, if I'm going to go into this field, it's not about being better than others. It's about really seeing how far we can go, one, to serve people, but coaching is a field I feel like it's more an experience of uh, growing yourself. So for me, this was actually the next, initially for me, what, how it started was this was the next level of growth for me is uh, gain a lot from my sessions as I'm working with my clients. In fact, I joke around about this, but my clients knew how much I grow out of this. They might <laughs> stop paying me. <laughs> and, and coaches know this, that they, they really powerfully grow through this this experience of coaching because it's it's like it's not like it's not like you're the type of expert oh i'm teaching you this thing it's like you're going on this adventure together you don't know where you're gonna go if you're going deep enough with this mm -hmm. there are times where i i've like i've come out of a session and i'm thinking about oh my clients had these insights and i'm sitting there for a week i'm like holy shoot i never thought of that myself and other times i've been like it was an emotional experience, but it affected me to a, to a greater degree. And I had to unravel that. Well, why did it affect me? Mm -hmm. And, and that that's to me, uh, like this journey for coaching is, uh, is, is, is a two way street in a sense. So I'm curious for you, Jens, what do you see your, how do you see your coaching journey 
that mastery towards that coaching journey and how do you connect it with the rest of the things that you're doing which is really cool <laughs> all the stuff that you're doing you know i mean the the, the, cur- the coaching journey as i talked about it, it's it's about getting improving my skills and that to, to helping my clients but also i'm very i mean i'm i'm quote unquote selective around the people that i that i work with work with they are all in the real estate space one way or another because i i feel attracted to that and i think also you know they feel attracted to me because of what what i've been doing in that space right but i also feel like people that are ready to even consider investing in real estate and so forth they are they are probably pretty motivated to take action i'd like to work with people that are ready to take action and and want to you know move forward and create something amazing right so i really have seen the connection being pretty amazing between you know, coaching people, helping them. And then also if, you know, them potentially partnering with them. So there, there's been partnerships created through, through my coaching and them, you know, them starting to find these deals and they may need me to come in and help them getting across the finish line and so forth. So that's a continuous thing that I really have worked on, you know, and I want to actually, you know, I'm working on taking that to the next level where we're going to, we're planning in a, a kind of a mastermind event starting next year where we're going to get people together to, to create those connections around um, the team you build, around seeing how you can achieve much more through the people that you surround yourself with, how you can pay it forward, we're going to call it a pay it forward mastermind event, how you know more experienced people can pay it forward to newer investors to help them um take action and then create that instill that value in them that okay we helped you now it's your turn to help the next generation coming that comes up behind you to that to that to get them across the you know getting their first deals and so forth so that kind of that paying forward thing so there can be a an abundance and a a a continuous progress forward that doesn't stop with what we as individuals can do. So that's really kind of how I see this this progressing over the next uh, over the next few years. I love um, that. That is awesome. I've noticed that um, as this pay it forward, let's collaborate. Everybody can be a winner. Not in the like everybody is a winner. Like <laughs> there's only one first place. I have, <laughs> but everybody can support each other. Um, I've noticed that mindset just in general. It's interesting, and and maybe it's just where I live and kind of what I see around here, but it seems like there's becoming a greater divide between those that really subscribe to that philosophy that um, I can help you and that's not going to take away from from me. You know, that abundance mindset is is what is often labeled from a lot of uh, folks in, at least in around where I live and some of the people that I interact with where it's very much that scarcity mindset of like, I'm going to protect and keep my knowledge all close and to me because I don't want anybody to steal it and, and screw me over or whatever. I've just noticed that the, those two camps seem to be getting further and further apart. I don't know if you guys have noticed something similar, um, but it's just, it's interesting. It's, it's a struggle that I have when I've I've just noticed when I've interacting with people, I want to bring people from over here, over to here, and it just, that's hard. I feel like that's the difference between, I think in every generation that's there, it's becoming more and more dominant now uh, with the way things are accelerated. And I think the new model, interestingly, and, and uh, 
it's connected more with the old model before all these ideas came in is that uh, for us to move forward, whether in business or in any other setting, we need to work with people. Like that business model of constantly competing with people and not interacting with people, not sharing information, uh, connections, resources, that doesn't work in a world where information is completely abundant. I heard, I was listening to an interview with uh, Elon Musk. It was so interesting. Like you could see this, these two mindsets within the interview. The interviewer had the old mindset. Elon Musk doesn't. So he's literally asking him in that way. So aren't you concerned about these car companies coming in and as a competition? Um, and he will say that. He's like, well, uh, maybe Apple is a competition, but not Google because they don't do that. But he's like, I want these people to come into the picture because I want people to bring in more electric cars. And in fact, he's like, we've made patents available to everybody to, to like take advantage of. And Google is doing that. They're making it available. Why are they doing this stuff? Because we're starting to, I feel like at a collective level, but also, and we're starting to realize that we need to start working together. Like we don't live in a world where somebody has this advantage of information in a corner. If you really wanted to, you can pretty much find anything for free online. Yeah. Anything. <laughs> it doesn't matter what it is. You can go through a university program for free. You can go find anybody who's selling anything, a course, you can find it. You might have to put it together yourself from different sources, but you can find it. You can go and search people that'll help you with almost anything. So why this competition mentality in the sense that I'm against you? That I feel like that's an older mentality that's kind of dying out. It's just not working in this world because it requires people to bring their knowledge and perspective together and combine it with other people because the systems are getting more complex. And I, I know Jens has worked with systems, whether in real estate or in, in his IT. Well, what are your thoughts about this? Yeah, and I think as you were talking about how all the information is available out there, right? It's It, it truly is, and you can learn so much. Um, I think, you know, putting it, I think the biggest challenge is putting it together and actually making it work, right? Putting yeah. the knowledge together and, and, and taking action on it and make some sort of product or whatever it is out of it is, is the biggest challenge, right? I think that's where we come in as coaches is trying to get all these disparate thoughts together and said, okay, is that truly the direction you want to head in? Okay, cool. Let's work on that versus, you know, there's a million different ways we could go. So getting the focus and the attention on there, but then coming back to that thing about, you know, collaboration and sharing and, and everything, you know, and I had, I mean, I had a scarcity mindset early on. It's like, you know, if it, it, that zero sum game, like if I won, they lost and vice versa. And I took some of that into the real estate early on, you know, there was, there was that, that sense of competition, but I realized I cannot do anything by myself or very, very little. And it would take me forever to get anywhere. So I would rather think about how the pie is getting bigger and we all can get a slice of the pie versus there's a fixed size pie. Right. So just, you know, the early deals I did with partners, I got a very, very, very small piece of it. But it got me into the game. I was like, cool, now I'm learning. Now I'm seeing what it means, what it, this looks like from the quote unquote inside, how they are putting these larger deals together. I didn't really care, you know, how small that, that slice was. But then as I, as I increased my value and I start to understand it, how, how this is done, 
I was able, you know, the, the pie still increased because we were able to do more deals. And then also, you know, my relative size of it also grew because my value grew in that, in that space, right? So I think really knowledge is there, putting the knowledge together in a way that creates value, that creates a positive outcome for people. I think that's what we need to focus on these days, right? So Elon Musk, yeah, a lot of people could start a car, electric car company. <laughs> Very few people put the knowledge together to actually do it, right? The same thing in yeah. real estate. A lot of people could put a deal together. Very few people are able to assemble the right team and take the necessary action to actually make it happen. Yeah, and we sometimes lose out on deals to somebody that is more aggressive, want to pay more for it. It's like, okay, well, there's probably another deal around the corner, which we've seen this year, there certainly is, right? So. I just feel like, and sometimes the deals you don't do are the best ones because something better comes up behind it, right? So I just feel like having that trust that you put the effort into it, the outcome, you're going to get the outcome that you're looking for eventually. Yeah, and, and I, I love this. And, and that's one of the things that, and, and I want to go a little bit into how Jens has leveraged this uh, his community to kind of gain clients in the process because because it, it all connects with, it doesn't matter if it's real estate because I've seen the real estate world uh, how people collaborate in there or any other area or coaching. I think it's all the same. I think it comes down to how you view your world. And even as I'm building my own, my own community, initially my thought was, well, I'm going to build it to a point um, and then bring in other coaches. I still wanted other coaches and trainers to come into my community, but it was more like, oh, I'll be paying them to do this. But at some point I was like, why am I doing this? Is, is this like a set process but then the more i i noticed especially as as i started noticing i was sharing with the ends like we're sharing clients <laughs> i like and then i started it with my other um uh, one of my clients she was sending me a bunch of clients and she was in the process of becoming a coach i'm like well what if i collaborated with her why can't um uh, why can't we work together to build this community where we're serving people and again, the analogy goes back to that pie. If, if we can make the pie big enough, everybody has a good relative size in there in terms of the resource piece. But I also look at the other side of it, the, the opportunity for growth and learning. One of the things that Dr. Sherry, as part of the, the Coaching Mastery community, just building that, working with amazing leaders, trying to understand how to move something forward, that in itself is priceless to me. Yes, we need resources. We need the money to move the message forward and all that stuff. But their background stuff, I wouldn't have the kind of skill sets that I have without the communities I'm, I'm a part of, without the people that I've been collaborating with. I wouldn't have the confidence that I have. I wouldn't have the ability to think about things in so many different ways had I not collaborated with different people. And so for me, it's incredibly exciting to bring in more and more um, coaches and trainers and influencers into the fold so we can work together to move it forward versus, hey, I'm going to build this thing on my own and screw the rest. <laughs> they can figure out their <laughs> own way. <laughs> and, and, and it also goes back. So for me, it was when I was in the beginning stages of the coaching, like I was looking for stuff like that, but there were very, very few coaches who were even willing to talk to you about these things. Like if they were a little bit ahead, they will say one or two things, oh, this will help you. But they were very like distant in a sense that, oh, I'm in a different place than you are. Versus, hey, how, how can we like, how can we work together? Find a way. 
like that would have been a game changer for me had I seen how more experienced coaches do certain things. And I wasn't expecting them to do anything for free or anything, but there was not that mindset to, hey, let's see. I was there too. Let's see if we can help these coaches move up together. And it goes back to what the end was talking about, pay it forward. Uh, so um, I also want to transition. Uh, I wanted to, since you've been part of the real estate world and now you're in the coaching world, how have you leveraged getting consistent flow of clients? And I know you might have a few too many clients, <laughs> like as you're saying that you're working with real estate investors, how have you managed to attract these clients, but also you've kind of created these packages that combine with your consultant work, which is, I think, great. How have you managed to do that on a consistent basis? Yeah, I don't even have a coaching website, so. It doesn't. <laughs> that's, a, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, and I know that people struggle with, you know, getting clients and everything else. I think the way I, I did a very grassrooty word here, I would connect with people on various real estate forums, various events and everything else. And I would just... Truly, it's just to connect with people through, there's, you know, a bunch of different websites out there you can connect. And I would say, hey, sounds cool. Why don't we get on a call, right? Why don't we talk? So I had various reasons for that. I wanted to see, hey, maybe this person can become a partner, maybe an investor. And then as I started transitioning into the coaching, maybe they can become a coaching client, right? And as my, as my quote unquote credibility in the real estate started growing through doing more deals and being on a lot of different podcasts and everything else, you know, I was able to kind of get my message out there and that connected with people and said, well, I've actually done it, right? Because people want to, you know, they want to get into real estate and they want to find somebody that they can connect with who has actually done it. That's not just selling, you know, a course and they may not even have the experience. I came from an authentic place of having done it. And I just connected with people one-on-one -on -one through, you know, let's get on a call. I've had probably hundreds of kind of quote unquote free calls where I would just say, what's going on? How can I help you? Some people just, they want an advice. I say, well, here's some ideas. I was like, well, that sounds cool. How can we create a more, what do you call it? Consistent relationship as well. I'm, I'm, I do the consulting, I do the coaching. Why don't we connect on that? So really that's just been through that very grassrooty thing. And then through going, you know, speaking at podcasts and going to events, you know, I was at a mastermind a month ago and I think, you know, one or two clients from that, just really being authentic about what it is I want to do and how I'm offering that. And they see, they see what I've done and they feel attracted to that. I think that's my credibility in that. There was a second part to your question for us, and I forget what that was now. See if I remember asking. Uh, so it was around, <laughs> it was around uh, uh, how have you leveraged the real estate world? Um, I have to remember my own questions. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to be listening, not me. <laughs> Sherry, do you remember? I feel like this is a total bloopers moment because there are three coaches who should have excellent listening skills and none of us remember the second part of the question. <laughs> See, you can be perfectly imperfect, guys. It's totally okay. Yeah. Yes, this is a so, good example yeah. of coaches still need to work on listening. Uh, so, um, no, I, I, I love the fact that, so I, I don't know about the last question, but it brought up another question. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. I'll pretend that's what it was. So, uh, so the part about credibility is really uh, important. And one of the things that I've seen for some reason, 
so I, I didn't have that experience because when I went into engineering, I was there for a couple of years. I didn't have a lot of connections established for me to go back to that. And I actually wanted to move away from that. So that was different. But then I've also seen coaches who've had like lifelong careers, but they don't leverage that. How did you how did you kind of connect the two as you were on these podcasts, as you were speaking about this stuff? How, how, how did you manage to do that? And was there a hesitation for you? Now I remember the second part of the question. <laughs> oh, you're probably, yes, somebody does. Right? <laughs> you're asking, you're asking, how did I train? How do I can combine the coaching with the consulting piece? I think. That yeah. So see, that's what it was. That. <laughs> <laughs> we were just, we were just um, testing you to make sure you were listening. Yeah. So, so the um, leveraging my prior career, you know, IT into real estate. I think really where the systems and uh, like the logical approach to doing things really makes sense, right? And I think I think that's where I attract people too. And so we want to talk about the 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 consulting side that I still do. I do the coaching, I do the high performance coaching, but then I add the consulting the consulting piece as well. It's like, okay, you want to do a deal? Here are the five things you should do, right? This has become more like here's the recipe for how do you want to do your first deal, for example. And I think the the way I have attracted people is I'm a very logical guy, as you know, if I saw, I can, I can see the, the steps that need to be taken. And I can e- explain and help people see that path too. I said, well, you know, here are the first five things you should do. You know, once those things are done, then here are the next five things after that, that type of thing, right? And that really comes from my IT career because I used to, you know, imp- implement very complex systems that had 500 steps to get it done. So I was able, no, I was used to thinking through that process. And now I can use that in my real estate career to create systems for operating these deals and, and, and closing them. And as I connect that with my clients, like, oh, there's actually a logical progression for how we do these things, right? So as they overcome their limiting beliefs around through the coaching, then they also see, well, here's the, here's the path you can take to actually get this. So I think that attracts a lot of people that, it combines those two. So I've been pretty successful in, in in selling kind of a package that includes both. And that's that's something that I'm I'm really um, continue to do in that space. So can I ask a little bit more specificity around that? So like when you when you're talking with somebody or working with an investor and you're like, okay, these are the five steps. Um, I just gave you the five steps, go do them. Next week we're gonna talk about your mindset. Or, you know, do you have them separated out or do you, you know, do, are you working with somebody you're like, whoa, 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 time out. I recognize a limiting belief. Let's, let's tackle that for it. Like, how do you flow between the two of telling people what to do, but then helping them kind of that self-discovery? Yeah, and I think I really, I want to give Faisal some credit to that through, through our coaching together. You added some additional more technical sessions in there or bonus sessions, as you will. And I started like, oh, that's really helpful for me to grow my, my business, my coaching business uh, from a technical standpoint. So that helped me. It's like, how can I adopt that to my own business? And I realized I always start with coaching. I always do, you know, three, five, six sessions of coaching because I want to make sure they're in the right mindset. Yeah, it naturally gravitates towards real estate. I don't jump from coaching into consulting because it becomes confusing and you don't get enough time. So I really I get to learn the client I learned what the client wants through the first few sessions and said, okay, this is how we're going to design the consulting piece of it. And then we jump into that and do a couple of sessions and then back to the coaching. So 
that I feel serves the client the best. And I can still, you know, follow the high performance curriculum and everything. And then, you know, add these additional sessions to it. And I had one client, for example, right now, I started with them this summer and it's like 18 sessions that we kind of um, uh, committed to. And they wanted to like bounce back and forth, but then they moved and somebody got sick and somebody got a new job. I was like, well, you guys don't have time to do real estate right now. Let's, con let's continue the high performance. Make sure you get all that stuff sorted out. And you, you have the right mindset. And then when some of your personal stuff calms down a little bit, then we'll jump back into the, to the real estate side of things. Right. So I just have a lot of, I keep a lot of flexibility in that, but I, I try to keep them each session focused on what that session should be. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, and I love the fact that you can leverage coaching because one of the things in the real estate world is most people won't start and kind of go full force into it. And, Oh, I have my first deal. It's like a lot of them, they go through this kind of <laughs> path, they're learning for a while, and then they try a couple of things, works out, something doesn't work out, then they go back, they have some responsibilities come up, and all that requires coaching for them to keep on track on the towards their vision. And if they're not clear about the bigger picture, they keep going again from one thing to the next thing to the next thing versus, hey, I'm going to get to that. I know I see the bigger picture and I'm going to, but I need to deal with all this stuff right now. I'm not going to lose sight of the bigger picture. And, and as a coach, you can be there to, to one, to help keep them accountable, but also more importantly, to help them keep aligned with the vision, help them deal with the challenges around how they're looking at their life, their relationships, and so many other aspects of their life that they might not have support in. And they might be actually hard on themselves because they're like, well, how come I'm not moving this deal forward? How come all these other people are doing it? But your life is not the same as all these other people. <laughs> and none of us have that experience. So I, I think you're, you're serving. Like I, I love the real estate investor community. And I equate them to be very similar to influencers and coaches. Because a lot of them have gone through a full career. And, um, and they've come to a point they're like, oh, I see a dead stop here. I, I, this is not going to take me further. And coaches think in a very similar ways is that one of the reasons why they came into this world is that they've had enough of whatever they got. They wanted to create a different life. And like I said, they're naturally motivated, intrinsically motivated to move forward, which is such, so you are serving such an uh, important part of the world because a lot of these guys are going to become entrepreneurs who are going to hire people, collaborate with people, so many amazing things. So I love that. So what, what about, and you mentioned the paid forward event, and I, I love that because I know that came from your experience. When you look at your coaching path, and you mentioned that you're connecting that with that to some degree, but how do you see yourself like really incorporating that into the paid forward mastermind type of events like that? The coaching? Yeah, I mean, I think this really comes from this idea that I could not have achieved, you know, my quote unquote success in the real estate had I not had mentors and partners and coaches that helped me, push me, pull me uh, along the way. Um, so, so that's really, that's really with that, that, that idea of that paid forward came. And I think it also came from a frustration of going to other real estate events where there is this idea, there is a quote unquote guru on stage that's like 
I know everything, just listen to me and you'll be a millionaire next week type thing, right? <laughs> and they, they don't become, those sessions, they're not very actionable. You just, you know, sit there and you hear some, hear some stuff and it's like, I can't connect with, this guy is, you know, so, or girl is so far ahead of me. I can't connect with it. It's like, oh, this is interesting, but it doesn't relate to me, right? So the frustration around that and going to events, like, oh, it was cool. And I met some people, it wasn't really very actionable. So there's a couple of things to accomplish there. It's like, hey, we're not putting ourselves up on the stage saying that we are the gurus and you should listen to us. No, we just have done a few things and maybe we are a step or two ahead of you. We were, we know where you were or where you are because we were there a few years ago. So we want to just lay out that path in a much more actionable way and create that, that accountability, that connection instead of, because the other thing I've noticed at events, everybody runs out in the hallway to network between sessions or in the middle of the session, because that's much more interesting than listening to somebody droning around. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the idea is, well, let's bring that networking into the session, right? Let's focus on networking, creating creating potential partnerships and connecting. And then also have very actionable training. It's not just, oh, here is, you know, 30 minutes around a topic. No, let's spend an hour or two hours. How do we actually underwrite a deal? How do we actually raise money successfully? How do we become successful asset managers and everything? Yeah. So basically actionable training, relationship building, masterminding and everything so that's really where that that's really that vision we have around that so we really you know there's a community like that's how you're creating your community around the coaching that i'm part of, of of the cmc as well building that same community around the real estate and strengthening that is really a reason why we're doing this i want to spotlight the um the mindset that you just kind of shared because i've experience this myself internally at times. I see this in other coaches as well. And I think this is really a really important thing to kind of highlight. And that is sometimes it's easy as coaches to fall into this perspective that I, you know, I'm doing my Facebook lives and I've got my, well, you don't, but you know, people have their website up, you know, and they're like, I need to be all buttoned up. I need to be perfect. I can't make a mistake. I need to look like I am the, you know, perfect coach so that I will attract people and I will have credibility, but rather having the approach that, yeah, I'm, I'm a, I'm a screw up sometimes too. I'm imperfect, you know, but, and being more approachable and real and, and not kind of putting ourselves on a pedestal that, you know, there's a fear that if I'm not on a pedestal, nobody's going to trust me. Nobody's going to think I'm respectable. Um, but I think that's a fallacy. And so I love, the mindset that you have around this pay it forward. Have you have you found yourself having those thoughts of like, oh, I need to make sure I look like I got it all together in real estate or as a coach in order to be able to do it? Have you ever noticed that? that, that yeah, I mean, I think there's a natural kind of like, we want to be seen as as an expert. We want to be seen as somebody who who is credible and all that. But I try to be... You know, I think I think we really connect with people if we are vulnerable and open around the challenges and the setbacks and the mistakes that we have made, right? And even in the coaching, I was like, well, let's try to do this. I don't know if it's going to work. Let's let's experiment with it and see where that takes us, right? So I try to be open around this, and also, you know, I'm very open around the, my my initial 
mindset around I, I can do this myself and you know but i realized that's not going to get me anywhere and then you know how i wasn't really taking the necessary action so i feel like i really feel like people will connect with me when i'm authentic around it's like i don't have all the answers i've only been a coach for a few years i've seen some people see some results from working with me um but it, you know it's really up to you and what you are willing to put into it i'm going to help and guide you along the way right so I'm, I'm trying to be as, as genuine as I know, as open and, and as I possibly can when I connect with people. I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because I'm imagining a testimonial video of like, yeah, I've helped some people with some stuff. Like, maybe I will, but maybe I couldn't help you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I maybe I may try to put it, uh, I, I definitely try to be more confident and convincing <laughs> influential and I do my strategy calls, you know. Okay, I have one strategy. All you need is a black shirt. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's I right. did not get the memo. <laughs> so uh, what I love, so there's a bigger, again, I, I love the bigger cultural context and themes. And, and this again comes back to that collaboration theme is that I, I think people are sick and tired of seeing experts <laughs> telling them what to do, especially in an age where they can pretty much find any information. Like you hear this with teachers in classrooms, like kids are going there and Googling is like, I don't agree with that. This is what it says. <laughs> Teacher is like, what? <laughs> How did you find out that information? So there's like, we don't have that. And, and, and Daniel Pink talked about that when it comes to the sales process in his book, To Sell as Humans, that we don't have that information gap where you go to, a, for example, a dealership and the dealership had much more information about this thing than you did. Now, the clients have much more information about this thing than you do. Like if you go to a doctor, if I go to a doctor's office and they're about to prescribe me a medication, I've already researched everything there is and I'm <laughs> already ready with my objections. So if the doctor goes <laughs> and then I've kind of tortured a few doctors on this stuff, but, but if the doctor is sitting on his, his or her pedestal saying, well, I'm a doctor, I know better. I'm like, well, that's great. Now that's why I'm here. I want to, I want to confirm this. So what about this research? What about that research? What about this expert saying this? What about this? like, they have to deal with those objections. If I'm going to go and go through this procedure or take this medication, but if and and, th and this is what we stop stop to distrust in the expert world is that hey I'm the, the there's only one way to do this, so that comes down to like what do people want? I think what people want to see more and more is that they want to see multiple perspectives. Mm -hmm. They want to see multiple perspectives that help them create a coherent path for themselves. Mm -hmm. and 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 I love like I I want to go in, and that's why even when we talk about coaching mastery community. And, and that's one of the things that makes it unique is that there's not one guru or anything sitting there. There's five of us. We're trying to work out our own businesses in our own way. We're supporting each other on that path, uh, running the coaching mastery community. But also, more importantly, what, what Jens, uh, I think Jens mentioned is that, that like there is no disconnect. Like this, I'm not, like when I look at somebody like Tony Robbins is doing the same thing as me, but he's like 100 years ahead of me. <laughs> maybe 50, <laughs> but I can't relate to his world as much as I can relate to somebody who's three, four or five years ahead of me. Yeah. That that's a much, and, and I can, that person can empathize with my situation. That person can see my challenges much more clearly than somebody way ahead who dealt with this 40 years ago, which the world was a completely different world. Mm -hmm. So I think there's, 
a there's there's power in in collaboration. There's power in pe people seeing that we can work together. But it, I think it's even more important from a coach's perspective modeling this to other people, because in a sense we're paying forward also this mindset that hey, you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to make this harder than it, it is. You can make this much simpler and maybe not easier, but uh, the, you can make the growth to be much faster. The, 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 the things that you're going to do much simpler if you start to work together. Initially, it'll be harder. And I think that might be the biggest objection is that it's hard to work with people. It's not easy to collaborate with people. You have to align on so many things, on your vision, on your values, on the, in the way that you think, and you have to come to common terms. And I think just the bigger world needs that more and more, just by the fact that we're all coming together in the small, the world is not as big as it used to be for, for most people. So I, I think coaches are, or influencers more accurately on, are on that path to kind of, what are we showing to the next generation? whether it be general people like such as our clients or other coaches and influencers, what are we modeling in this and like, what will be our legacy in the process? So I'm I, like, I love this stuff. Cause I, I think it points to what are we a part of like the bigger theme around all this stuff. And um, I don't know, maybe you guys don't care, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jens, let's just ask you, what do you want your legacy to be? How much of a bigger question can one ask? Ooh, wow. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's something as, as that I really paid much attention to, I thought about for, for the longest time, right? I think, I think now this is still something that's not super clear in my, in my mind, what, what I want it to be. But if I could help some people just improve their lives, it doesn't even matter if they make do a deal, but they, make a small improvement in their relationship with their, with their family, if they become more aware of their thoughts and, and their habitual actions, if they just start shifting their life ever so slightly, that potential is just unlimited. If I could do that to a handful of people throughout my life, I mean, that would just be amazing, right? And, and just, just changing people's lives. I never really paid much attention to in the past, but now it's just become so important, right? So changing people, people's lives and hopefully, you know, as they change and they hopefully do deals and improve their, their properties and then that, that carries on to their, their tenants and their investors and everything. I think there's just a exponential impact there that just starts with a small shift in mindset at that one-on-one -on -one level, right? So I think that really attracts me right now. Have you had more than five clients? Yes. Okay, because you just said, if I could impact only five people, I so a handful, have you not, <laughs> or a handful, I don't know, my hand, well, you revealed a number to us. <laughs> I'm just wondering, I mean, the way you said that it almost sounded like, you know, you doubt that you have even met that already. I have met that already. Yeah. So I think I need to think about what's that next level. Right. So yeah. maybe that's 500 or 5,000, right. Or, or, you know, just impacting people that exponential pro uh, exponential impact on, on more people over, over time. Right? And I had a few clients that are like, I want to become a coach. And I was like, cool. Awesome. Let's do this. Right. Cause that even then is exciting to, to see that impact uh, multiplying that way. 
Yeah, it's like a multi-level marketing. (laughs) (laughs) I should charge some money for it. But, but also there's another piece there. So one is to the next level. Naturally, you will go to the next level because that's just you challenge yourself. But also taking in the, the fact, and this was one of the most important things for me is that uh, like when I think of contribution, I, I think I've done my part, to be honest. Everything that I like from what I wanted to do when I started out, I actually just like you, I just wanted to make a difference in probably one person's life. I didn't even care about five. <laughs> I'm like, I, I just want to see if I can make a difference. Um, and when I was able to do that, then there was this, okay, there was not this insecurity around, am I making a bigger difference or, or am I making a difference in someone's life? We're all doing that, but all really acknowledging that is that you're already doing it and how incredible it will be if you impact more people's lives. Mm-hmm. And that, that acknowledgement with it, I think brings this sense of connection with the rest of the world that we are impacting other people uh, in positive ways and we can can choose to continue to do that and i think the natural tendency is to want to do that once you impact because it's it's one of those positive addictive things (laughs) that once you do it you're like oh i want more (laughs) (laughs) yeah in your in your journey and uh into coaching what would you say has been one of your biggest mistakes? And if you could rewind time, you would have done things differently. Failing to separate what coaching and, and consulting, giving advice is. I mean, that was one of the biggest things I, I struggled with early on. It's like, well, I know what the answer is here. Just let me tell you what, what you should do. Here, right? but, but really getting out of that advice giving mode, getting out of that mode of, I have the answers. Well, maybe you do, but the client has to realize those answers for themselves. Otherwise it's not going to stick. It's not going to create that, that, that necessity for them to start moving towards it. So I think from a, from a technical, I mean, coaching standpoint, I think that would be the, probably the biggest, the biggest one, right? One I have to keep reminding myself on, on every day, you know, from a business standpoint, you know, I didn't really look at, coaching as a business early on just oh, I'll do you know a few clients while I have my when I was working my job right and then I left my job it's like oh, I'll take on a few more clients but not really thinking about what is what is the longer term goal here what is the longer term strategy here right am I just doing a client after client and not really with any end goal in mind that is that is starting to shift that's why this mastermind idea is coming in that's why some of these other things are coming into play, right? But I think maybe, you know, begin with the end of mind. What do you want this to be a year, two, three, five years down the road and start structuring around that? Same thing with the real estate. I didn't really start out knowing where to go. That's becoming much more clear now. Um, but just spending a little bit of time with that up front, I think would be helpful. Yeah, that's really good. Faisal, do you have any any questions before we jump into the last few questions?